five, four, three, two, one. I'm John Miglosh for the WDMA, bringing you marketing news and challenges every day. In case you don't recognize me, I'm still John Miglosh. If you're on the podcast, you won't notice any difference. But uh, I did shave my beard off for the webinar on Thursday, and it's still off. Although I was thinking I was going to use the electric razor this morning uh, in the car on my way to work, and then I drove the motorcycle. (laughs) I didn't realize. (laughs) So it's not quite as shiny as it was. Uh, But anyway, um, welcome your comments. Do you think I look younger? Um, Do you think I should keep it off? My granddaughter voted no. Uh, My wife asked her, do you like like that grandpa shaved his beard? No. (laughs) Oh, well, you know, you can't please everybody. That's one of the themes of this show. (laughs) And you don't have to worry about it. Let's choose effectiveness. Um, okay, so let's see. First, I wanted to talk about this mailing piece that I got from Rand United. The time is now. What's next? Now, if that isn't a vacuous headline, I've never seen one. Okay, it's supposed to arouse curiosity. The backside, register for what you don't know about. Okay, so there's really no reason to open it. And once you open it, it tells you all sorts of things about a conference. But on this page, there is nothing that tells you where or when the conference might be. And I was talking with Brad down at Direct Mail 2.0, and he said that they're doing the tracking on it, which is kind of cool anyway. But I said, you know, you should tell... Chris Lyons, that they need to put key information where the information is. So I don't know who designed this. It doesn't say. A lot of times there's, you know, this is a donation or something, but maybe they hired somebody instead. And um, I suppose you could QR code it, right? But I hate looking at things on my phone. That's not a way to, that's, that isn't effective. Okay, that's, I guess, the only thing. Well, then I found, after looking for quite a while, I found that here it's in Las Vegas, and it's on October 19th to 21st, and it's also over here. But I did a show on the on the return address information, which this isn't, because it doesn't even have where this thing was mailed from. Um, and... You know, you, you tend to pick up things like this is a, a branded piece. This is junk mail, if you will. Um, but I'd already didn't read the fine print. So anyway, whoever designed that, you might want to check with somebody like Summer Gould, who's really, really good at design. Get some direct marketers to design it. Let's go head to head. Let's. Let's split test your next one. You can do another one like this if you think it did well. Uh, that'll be the control. And if it did poorly, we'll just do 5,000 of them or something for a benchmark. That's how you do. That's how you learn. That's how you avoid this kind of thing. You learn. I'm not saying that's I'm right. I'm saying let's go head to head. Okay, Chris? Or I can design it. You know, I started in design. Most people think I'm just a numbers guy. But numbers tell a story, but design executes. Okay, so let's get over to the news. Let's start with Tom Fishburne. Okay, the algorithm giveth and taketh away. Look at all these followers. 
and orders. I'm amazing. And the algorithm taketh away. Now, you know, like LinkedIn, you know, you don't, you don't, uh, lose your connections so I keep accumulating them <laughs> but um, the the fact is this is what's happening to Facebook not not just their algorithm giving uh, giving users and taking them away but you can add users extremely fast and you can lose them just as fast and that's the part that's that's the paradox of the virtual world right uh, look at MySpace, which was an excellent platform, really. It lets you really build your own, build a real website, uh, unlike Facebook or, or Twitter or Instagram, where you're just posting content on someone else's face, uh, on someone else's website. Well, anyway, uh, Rutgers professor Shagun Javer uh, coined the term algorithmic anxiety while researching Airbnb hosts in 2018. And that'll be in the show notes. I have it already downloaded, so I'll put it over there. If you don't know, you can get all the show notes marked up, all these articles. I always talk about articles marked up uh, over at WDMA.org. I probably should get rid of the ISSM because I don't post much over there. Um, but I like the Spinning Globe. Or I, I could probably add the Spinning Globe to the WDMA logo. That that, that would be interesting. I haven't tried that. Anyway, um he said that people were following folk theories like logging on to Airbnb repeatedly throughout the day or inaccurately marking marking listings as child safe. You know, I remember back at the beginning of the Internet when when uh, we had Lycos and we had Dogpile and uh, other beginning search engines. And what we would do is. Like I had whitetail.com. I started with that in 1995, I believe. And so you just put in lots of repeats of the word. Whitetail, 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 whitetail deer, whitetail deer, whitetail deer. And whoever had the most, uh, it was sort of self-proclaimed search. Whoever had the most of whatever someone was searching for would get that, would you know pop up at the top. And then Google switched it around and said, no, let's... Let's take the one that has the most links toward it that they didn't create. And then, of course, people would create website farms where they could create false backlinks. So this war has been going on since really about the beginning, you know. And, um, you know, it's it's the search engine algorithms. It's SEO. It's all fake. It's always been fake, right, since the very, very beginning when it when there wasn't any search engine, you just have to take your chances. You know, you type whitetail.com and see what came up. Um, New York writer Kyle Chayaka, looks like, um, said, we're living in an age of algorithmic anxiety. And, um, you know, every time I try to boost my connections on LinkedIn, I get I get a warning <laughs> that I'm using bots or something, and I really have never used bots for that. I have uh, done some things where they would send messages to my to my first-level connections, uh, which I don't think should be illegal. There should LinkedIn should definitely have a way to do that because once you get past about 1,000, you get carpal tunnel just trying to paste, cut and paste messages to your first-level connections. But I've done it uh, 
many, many times stayed up late and just kept putting up posts to my first level connections. It seems kind of dumb uh, that LinkedIn wouldn't support the big users a little bit better. But anyway, so for marketers, keeping pace with algorithms has become an endless arms race. And it, it started in 19, the 1990s. No sooner are LinkedIn polls shown to drive engagement, and I did one, you know, I did a completely stupid poll that the, the answers didn't even make any sense. And it got thousands of views, thousands and thousands. It, it, it got more than all my other posts put together practically. So suddenly everyone fills their, their, their posts with LinkedIn polls. And this leads to LinkedIn eventually downranking LinkedIn polls, right? And I only did that. I don't, I think I only did one. Um, and on it goes. And, and so then TikTok or tic, Instagram started following TikTok, which made the creators think that they're working for Instagram rather than themselves requiring and, and the algorithm was requiring them to constantly produce quantity, no quality at a faster quantity than ever before. Right. And so, so Tom Fishburn <clears throat> says, you know, I started sharing my my cartoons in 2002 and um, continuity here. The, here's the best part. Continuity tri trumps virility, virality, virality or virility. <laughs> in an age of algorithmic anxiety, it's my foundation. Right. And that's kind of how we do it here. You know, I may not get a lot of comments while I'm doing it, um, but I do get some nice comments along the way. And I have people that, you know, continually show up and root for mail, uh, which means we should get over to mail. I've been wanting to, I'll save pigs for, for, for tomorrow, but it's an excellent article. Um, 2017, we're creating more content than our ad audience can actually consume. That's pretty much always true. That's a good topic for our next blog post, white paper, infographic, listicle, listicle. I don't know what that is. An animated GIF. <laughs> Daddy, can you read me a story instead of some branded content? No, that's what it should have said. Because <laughs> the dad's in marketing. <laughs> read, read me a story instead of branded content. I got you there, Tom. Anyway, I hope you I hope you get this. I create some I create content about content marketing for content marketers marketing to other content marketers. Me too. <clears throat> Yeah, that's the state of things. Okay, so let's get over here. Why direct mail is the anti-email marketing channel by Andre Chandra. Okay, this is really excellent. Email is a place has a place in your marketing strategy, according to Tom Fishburne. <clears throat> Cheapest way to keep in touch with prospects and customers, mainly customers. But it's also a low-impact channel. Low-impact meaning low engagement. You know, most people don't even see it. It's really a challenge for me finding the... the Finding the real messages inside of the fake messages. <laughs> That's probably most of what I do uh, in terms of email. And people see it in their in inboxes and maybe read one out of ten messages you send them. Yeah, and I, and I read one out of one out of a hundred messages I get, something like that. That's only if the subject line is great and lines up with whatever they need that day. Okay. I got a compliment from Dave Rosendahl about my subject line and one of them that I wrote about the webinar and uh, the one that I was up at the, in the middle of the night because there was still time to register. 
He liked that one. <clears throat> he didn't register. <laughs> okay. And uh, email j isn't just disposable, it's forgettable. I love this line. It's the supermarket checkout line for impulse shopping. Direct mail is the opposite of that. Direct mail is tangible and high impact. People read it and consider what to do with it. It makes an impression and demands to be read. You know, in spite of the fact that I didn't think much of this mailer, did I remember it? You bet, right? Even though, you know, this, like, talk about throwaway. Half the piece is a throwaway. You could have just said, first real print conference in a year or in three years or something. Um, we're not arguing against email. It's got a place, but direct mail is anti-email. It's really good. Okay. So everyone with an email address wakes up with a ton of bricks in their inbox. 600 emails each week. <clears throat> that And these links are all available if you, if you go to WDMA and click on the show notes. You got to be a subscriber though. <clears throat> Less than 18% of email gets opened and click-through rates are around 2%. Now, we had a 32% open rate on our, you know, partly because we don't, we hadn't done one since April of this year. <laughs> Too many emails never even make it to the inbox. You know, we have no way to really tell that, right? The average inbox placement in North America is only 83%. You know, and, and Gmail seems to get mad at me for some reason. I don't know. I didn't get any back. But I got some really nice comments from friends out there, which I, which really is is kind of nice. You know, who said we should reconnect. Um, like Lori Beasley, who's president of the North Amer North California Northern California DMA, NCDMA, and so we promised to get to get together. Email is not where you fish for brand relationships. It's how you nurture relationships with prospects you already know. That's what Tom Fishburne was saying. So we're right on the button with that. Direct mail is anti-email. Direct mail is a mirror image of email in almost every way, and meaning the opposite. The mailbox is not crowded. People get less than 17 mail pieces a week. Right? Even letters and catalogs from business are welcomed by two-thirds of Americans. The only types of marketing mail that gets a net negative reaction are the generic, non-personalized flyers. Like that one. But I, even, I welcomed even that. <clears throat> and cards that too many businesses send out. People get their email. It's not an opt-in channel. There are no spam lists. Postal mail gets in uh, inboxing rates over 99%. In other words, it gets delivered. It goes to a decision maker. Email is crowded. Direct mail is low volume and highly appreciated. Americans are as warm to direct mail as they are cold to email. Okay? Put in the work on customer profiling data collection so you can send the right messages at the right time on both channels. I would say clean your list, but test your offer. That's what I said here. Test. Test your offer. Don't just assume that you have discerned the right message to your customers. And that's more possible than in in direct mail than anything else because we know who got it we know they engaged and we know who responded so we know who didn't respond so we know where the messages don't resonate and that is a key factor in that mail has over every other media have a great day like and share your friends will know you're smart bye-bye oh and I, I expect to be coming up to Minnesota 
the 8th of September. We're going to have a Minnetonka meetup, so mark the date, same time and place. There is a link down on WDMA.org for you Minnesotans if you'd like to come and have a beer and talk about direct marketing. Bye-bye.